0: Tellgate talks, this is week 90, and you are listening to Telgate Talks. Uh, so we got some cleaning up to do on that once we get in the show, but before and we've got ourselves a fantastic episode for you guys tonight. We will be joined by Sons of UCF, a UCF podcast that covers the nights. Not the Golden Knights anymore, Uh, we learned tonight thanks to them, but uh, Adam and Mike joined us to teach us everything we need to know about UCF as they get set to join the Big 12 Conference next season, so we're really excited about that, Uh, it was a really fun interview with those guys, so uh, make sure you stay tuned for that, but before we get into it, make sure you are following the tailgate, follow us on Apple and Spotify Give us that five-star rating on each, and if you listen to us on Apple, hit us with that review. Uh, also, follow us on social media. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, follow us on Twitter, at underscore talks. That's where we do most of our posting, interacting, and everything like that, so keep up with us there. Also, follow our personal accounts. You can follow Dustin at DustinWimmer22 and myself at CalvinBBarrett. And also follow our YouTube channel where we post videos from time to time discussing uh, Texas Tech sports and uh, hot topics that we think you guys will like. So last week we posted a couple videos that's got some pretty good followings on that, so make sure you're following that. And lastly, if you got any questions, comments, or anything for the show, email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all of that said, let's get into this week's episode. We're going to start this thing off right Oh! Oh! And I've been waiting all my life to do that. on my body. Before we get into our interview with the Sons of UCF podcast, we wanted to. Clear some things up for you guys when you notice that only one tailgate talks episode drops this week. Uh, That way, you're not getting all upset about that. But we wanted to let you guys know that we will be shifting our focus on to Texas Tech sports here moving forward. We're at a great time to do so with it being the summer and not a whole lot of stuff to really talk about in the tailgate. But we're going to use this time to focus on Texas Tech. Uh, it's what we love to talk about the most after all it's what gets the most engagement with you guys and so that's the plan moving forward we also got some other things in the works that we can't say just yet but just know some big things are coming for tailgate talks and we can't wait to share that with all of you guys but for now just enjoy these interviews that we've got for you over the summer Uh, Enjoy all of our Texas Tech talk, and from time to time, we'll venture back into the tailgate and discuss things in the NFL, Super Bowl, stuff like that. So uh, looking forward to this next journey, uh, which gets started tonight with the Sons of UCF podcast. So enjoy. All right, well, welcome to the tailgate this week, everybody. We're really excited. We've got a great episode coming for you. We've got the Sons of UCF podcast. We've got Adam. And we've got Mike joining us here tonight. We thought it'd be a really good idea, Uh, you know, this summer. Sports are slow. There's not a whole lot to talk about. But the Big 12 has four new teams coming in in 2023. So we thought it'd be fun to get to know the fan bases, get to know the schools, start building that friendly hatred for these teams, you know. So when they join the conference, we're ready for them. We're ready for those first games. And so tonight we kick it off. Getting to know UCF, so guys, welcome to the tailgate. How y'all doing tonight?
1: Yeah, appreciate you having us on the tailgate. I thought there'd be beer. I thought you guys would send beer for us to have during the show. I thought that was a tailgate thing, no? I mean... Cause at UCF, yeah, give, we, at UCF we give, you get the see if we give our fans. But you come by the tailgate, you get a free beer from somebody. I, I just I assume, but okay. Oh, you market on the list, Texas Tech, no free beer. Man, both
0: great. It? It, it's real expensive to ship anything right now, <laughs> especially from Lubbock, Texas. So uh, if if we sent something, it probably wouldn't have got there till like next week or so. Anyway, that works for us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sorry to not have any alcohol for you guys. But hey, let's let's great right into it. So. UCF is interesting to me it's a school that we don't really have much history with Uh, and so that's why we're excited to get to know this university this fan base and all the things y'all are looking forward to first kind of run through some of our history we haven't had a meeting in football we haven't had a meeting in basketball we have played in baseball back in uh, 2013. uh unfortunately we lost to you guys that uh that game And then our most recent meeting in all sports was softball this past season. Uh, You guys played us in softball. Y'all beat us there as well. So our track record against you guys, not good so far. So uh, just kind of getting into everything. So tell us about your guys' connection with UCF, this podcast that y'all have been doing for, Mike said, about four seasons now uh and kind of y'all's connection with UCF
1: yeah so Mike and I are both alums of UCF we were roommates in college we went to high school together and uh and both went to UCF we were roommates for our our four years at UCF and uh stayed close friends throughout that and uh Man, it was after 2017. UCF had a really good run, obviously, uh, all the way to the national championship. That's right. I said it. And uh, and so Mike and I are always texting back and forth, talking about the game, talking about stuff. Right. And and so literally one day I was just like, we should do a podcast. And I called him the phone. I was like, hey, bro, I'm gonna do a podcast. You want to join me? And he was like, for a segment. I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And four years later, now we do uh, one show a week. We do a live show on the Internet. Uh, we do YouTube stuff. So uh, just UCF fans, if we weren't talking to people on a podcast, we'd probably be texting each other anyway. So for some reason, yeah. we hit record, and I don't know what's going on. A lot of drinking in Orlando, but people actually seem to listen to it. So uh, it's been a lot of fun, right. though, to be a part of it.
2: Yeah, when he texted me, hey, I'm going to do a podcast, I thought he wanted me to do one show. So I went on there. I was like, cool. And then he's like, okay, I'll call you again next week. I was like, what are you talking about? And then I don't know how we just started rolling. Yeah, and, then, and here we Fuck are. Yeah. Five years later, four or five years later, and it's been cool, man, to see the thing grow and to experience a lot of things. We got to speak to a lot of former players and coaches, and we do a lot of interviews like that, so it's been fun. As a fan, it's just a cool hobby for me.
0: Yeah, that's very similar to kind of how we got started, right? It was just, that's our connection it was, you know, tech football, tech basketball, these sporting events, let's talk about it. Uh, people want to listen, that's pretty cool, so it sounds, sounds pretty neat, guys. Uh, Dustin, I'll kick it over to you.
3: Yeah, so Mike, I'm going to go to you with this one. What do we need to know about UCF and the Golden Knights? I think a lot of people know about the football program in their last, you know, four or five or so years. But, you know, just tell us in general what we need to know about you guys coming to
2: us. Yeah, you guys have probably heard this before, but UCF has the largest enrollment of students in the country. It's a huge school. When Adam and I went there back from 98 to 2002, there was about 30,000 students. Now you're looking at over 60, 65,000 it's enormous. Uh, the campus has doubled in size since we've been there. Um, you know, it's with like Texas A&M and, and Arizona State. The three of us flip flop as what the biggest school is every year. But um, the fan base is growing. It's young. You know, you got a lot. Of, I think when we enter the Big 12, it's going to be the largest living alumni base in the conference. But it's a lot of young kids. It's a lot of people that graduated in the last 10, 15 years. And, you know, they're loud about it on social media. If you guys log on to Twitter, they'll let you know about it. If you question the national championship, you just uh, made a death sentence for yourself. So, uh, but yeah, it's a growing school, man. And Adam and I have had the the pleasure of watching the program grow from just joining Division One all the way to now joining the Big
0: 12. It's been a heck of a ride, man. Yeah, well, don't worry. We aren't going to question any uh, national titles. Uh, we don't want that <laughs> barking up our. I can tell
1: so, Dustin <laughs> one thing you have to know, and I'm, I'm taking a tally here. It happens more times than we uh, than, uh, than not. We're not the Golden Knights anymore. We dropped the Golden in 2007. <laughs> which is really odd what? because people still refer to us as golden Knights. It is. I don't necessarily care. Cause when I went there, we were the golden Knights. So it doesn't really matter much to me, yeah. but it is one yeah, of those.
3: You tell me when you get here in another year. <laughs>
1: so I got, <laughs> I, I, gotta I got real one mad. to Dustin right now. It's a trigger point for a lot of UCF fans. Okay. We decided to, to, brand as the Knights back in 07. We opened a new on stadium. So if you, if you want to uh, unintentionally or intentionally uh, poke the fan base a little bit, uh, drop a golden Knight on Twitter and uh, just RIP your mentions. <laughs> We'll remember that, actually. Yeah.
2: Real <laughs> <Yeah. fun.
0: laughs> Could come in good use later. So, yeah, just kind of keep going on about the fan base, Adam. Yeah. It seems like a fun but group that you can piss off easily. So uh, we haven't had any <laughs> super interactions with it. So prepare us for the Knights fandom.
1: Yeah, so the social media presence, they refer to themselves as the UCF Twitter Mafia and uh, and they've, they've got banners made they've got hashtags and I don't know how they do it, man, but if someone just tweets about UCF, somebody will find it and if it's good, you'll get a lot of uh, uh, mentions, if it's bad you'll get a lot of mentions. I guess here's how I'd sum up the UCF fan, right? It depends on your, your your tipping point. In 17 obviously we have a, a historic season and since then things have been an upward spiral so you've got the younger fan who have just seen nothing but success in the football program right then you got old guys like mike and i who around in 98 99 they saw the lean years we went on un- we, we actually didn't win a game twice in, in our tenure there both in, in 05 and in 2015 so we, we had those experiences so we understand that so you've got a little bit of a mixture of both you've got some fans who have got their chest puffed out because they've seen nothing but success. And then you've got the old bitter fan like Mike and I, who have been, been, been through this thing through thick and thin. And there's a bit of a chip on your shoulder because we've always been sort of told, hey, your time is coming. Just keep keep doing what you're doing. Keep winning games. Keep doing this. It's a cute little story. And so you've got a lot of folks who've got that chip on the shoulder of saying, "Hey, we've done a lot of great things in football specifically, but we're 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 getting traction in other sports. You know, and we want that attention. And then you get the SEC guys, the Fine Bombs, the Herb Streets, right? The the national guys who are always kind of like, ah, sit down, UCF. And then Cincinnati wins a couple games. And everybody loves Cincinnati, but with the exact same thing like three years earlier, nobody cared. So you've got a lot of, uh, you know, chip-on-the-shoulder type of fans. But they are passionate, man. If they – uh, you will see the, our mascot is Nitro, uh, and you will see if you do something, there's an emoji, there's a GIF out there with Nitro with, with fire behind it. I promise you, you will see at least 50 Nitro GIF emojis somewhere in your mentions if you, if you have a UCF reference. But they care about the school, man, and, and, and yeah. they're, they're passionate. They love to have fun. They love to get after it. Um, we, again, it depends on when you've been there. The newer fans are a little bit more aggressive because all they know is winning, but the sort of the older fans know what this ride has been like.
3: Sounds a lot like our fan base and Twitterverse. Similar. Like, if you tweet something about tech, even if we're not playing, we're going to find it and go off on it and, you know, swarm to it.
0: Yeah. Mike, to kind of go off on that question, the fan base, how do you think they're going to integrate with the Big 12 when y'all come in and other Big 12 fan bases? I mean, we're going to be
2: loud about it. If we come in and have success right away, you guys are going to know about it. And we, when we joined the, uh, the American, which was the Big East back then, some schools stuck around. Louisville was still right. there for the year. They were very good with Teddy Bridgewater. They were, they were right at the top ten. We went in there and beat them, and we, and we won the conference right away the first year. I think a lot of fans are kind of expecting a smooth transition. I think it's going to be tougher, obviously, with Oklahoma. has been in there. They're very tough still for another year. And a couple other schools are looking good. Yep. Baylor's looking good. Oklahoma State's looking good. It's not going to be as easy. But a lot of fans are expecting to come in here and have a, a lot of success football-wise right away.
3: So, yeah, staying in the Big 12 talk there, what does joining the Big 12, you just mentioned you went to the American a few years ago and had success. What's joining the Big 12 conference mean for you guys?
2: Oh, it's incredible, man. Like I was saying before, we've seen the program grow from 96, 98. When they en- – 96, they entered Division One, But before that, it was Division Three. They they went through every yeah. single level. UCF's the only school. Once they enter the Big 12, to go from Division three to Division two to Division one to independent to the MAC to the Conference USA to the American, and now finally a P5. I heard for years, I I got sick of hearing how we were a sleeping giant, right? Because the, the size of the school, there's only so long they can hold you down. You're in the middle of Florida. You have all this potential to finally now get into the Big 12 and play, and, and not have to hear fans. From schools like you guys, when we go undefeated in the Americans say, Hey, well right. do it in a real conference, join a real conference, well here we are and now we, we're so excited to be here then.
1: I think Mike summed it up perfectly because he had the range yeah. of emotions there. He was gracious yeah. at first. I like, can't wait to be here. And by the end of that, he was angry. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the yeah. UCF fan, right? That's because it. you know we, we understand what it means to get over that glass ceiling into a quote-unquote power five school, right? We understand what that means financially, which is right. one of the bigger benefits from UCF, right? Our television contract nets us like 7 million a year. Even if we only get half of that in our first year at the Big 12, that's three times greater than we made now. So revenue-wise specifically, it's a huge jump for the pro program, but Mike just had the range of emotions every UCF fan has. We're gracious. Oh, it's great. We're excited to be there. Can't wait to be part of the team. And we're going to kill you. We're going to crush you. And we're so... And and that's just kind of how the UCF fan is because, you know, you've experienced it for so long. But there's so many times every time we play somebody, right, it's like we're doing the doing conference. Well, you know, beat this team. So we, we went to the Gasparilla Bowl. Uh, widely known bowl. Everyone's favorite bowl game, right? Uh, and we beat, the, we beat the Florida Gators 29-17, right? In-state rival. They talk a lot of shit to us. It's a lot of back and forth, right? There's all this stuff. The game is not even, the game is not even over. And it's like, well, we had our third string quarterback. I mean, our second string offensive line to pull the hamstring and our special teams coach had a hangnail and it was like every excuse yeah. in the book. Right. And so UCF fans always kind of wear that with that chip on the shoulder. And I think that's part of going to the Big 12. It's, it's kind of like that, you know, about damn right. time kind of you know philosophy. And we've been waiting forever, uh, but we recognize what this signals for us, both in terms of prestige and admittedly guys in terms of finances. I mean, it's, it's an area that If UCF wants to compete, I mean, NIL is a whole different thing we can get into. But if UCF wants to compete, we have to find ways to get revenue. And and that alone in the Big 12 is is a huge upgrade over the American.
0: Yeah, that's a question I don't have on our list, but definitely something I'm curious about. What do you think this does for y'all's recruiting, getting into the Big 12? I know y'all are in SEC, ACC teams all throughout that area. Do you think this is going to give y'all more of an advantage to get some of those guys you might have not been able to get before. And, and I don't know what y'all's NIL situation looks like there, but it seems like everybody's uh, finding money somewhere. All right, it's not
1: Texas Tech, I can tell you that. Uh, so, uh, I mean, yeah. look, I, th- I think we've got some guys who are stepping up. and We're trying to do some stuff, I think. You know, legitimate. I think there's a lot of pay-for-play. UCF isn't really, at least outwardly, talking about being involved in that. You're not seeing the Texas A&M type stuff and you know the Alabama, USC type stuff. But I know there's some there's some groups for UCF trying to work on that. Uh, But really, kind of in in terms of recruiting, here's where we are as as a you know as a fan base. Again, you know we're in Florida, a talent-rich state, just like y'all are in Texas, right? You got Miami, Florida State, Florida. Those are three schools every year they pull a ton of recruits in. And every time UCF's in a battle with them, nine times. 10 we would lose that battle because you know what all they have to say is like they're not even a power five conference and typically, the kids going to go, oh, yeah, you're right. And they're going to go to that school, right? So we get on that playing field with those schools now. We have, I think, a long way to go to win those battles consistently. We just had a kid who committed to us, flip to UF literally today. So we're going to lose more of those battles. I think where this helps us is for so many years, guys, we were losing recruits to, to Rutgers and to Maryland and to West Virginia and to Penn State and NC State. And these are three four-star kids who are leaving the state of Florida right. to go to some of these other places if we keep those kids in home We've got a much yeah, better team. chance and that's how I think we, we benefit from this. Plus Gus Melzani, I mean he, he's really good in that high school area, really good in that Alabama, you know, area of the country too. So I think he's won us some battles there. But I think we have a, a, a bit of a ways to go to beat out the Miami, Florida, Florida states in state. But if we can take the Rutgers, the Maryland, the West Virginians and, and win those battles, and I think using that Big Twelve moniker and having that, you know, that championship alley, if you will, to that path forward, I think that helps out a ton.
2: Yeah, that winning in the Gasparilla Bowl and, you know, joining the Big 12, Mazan is using that to, to pitch these yeah. recruits. That, those are his two biggest selling points right now. And, and he's trying to keep the, the kids from Orlando staying home. They have this thing called the hometown heroes. Stay here and be a hero here in Orlando, your hometown. You have your family here. And, and let's face it, Florida, Texas, California. But really, Florida and Texas, the best recruits in the country are, yeah. are living in our two states. So if you can yeah. keep those kids home, uh, that, that's half the battle right now. And we were battling with schools like Maryland and NC State. And now it's, it's cool. Even though we lost the battle to Florida, it's good that we're we're battling Florida, Miami, and Florida State for the four- and five-star recruits. And, and recruiting's already taken off. We haven't even played a game in the Big 12 yet.
0: Yeah, I don't know if y'all were paying attention when Quinn Ewers was transferring from Ohio State. We were like all of a sudden his you know second-place school. But – You know, five years ago, I couldn't have imagined us being even in a conversation with a guy like Quinn Ewers, uh, who was you know the top overall prospect in his class when he was a senior in high school, and and so just to like kind of have that kick of hey we were close, I mean that that (laughs) that got me more excited than any of the recruiting battles we had been in several several years. So I kind of ask, still on the Big Twelve Conference coming in, we're a Texas Tech podcast. What are y'all's views? on Texas Tech as you come in. Obviously, we're not super familiar with each other on the playing field or anything like that, but uh, how do y'all perceive Texas Tech and our fan base?
1: I think obviously football-wise, I mean, I, I think you've got the Cliff Kingsbury era, right? And it was throwing the ball around the yard. It was every year that whatever quarterback you yeah. had, if it was B.J. Simons, Graham, Harrell, I mean, these guys were the record-setting NCAA quarterback, right? Patrick Mahomes obviously goes there. So I think that, that recognition just from a, a wide-open offense, Mike Leach to, to, to Kingsbury, uh, has obviously got uh, a ton of recognition. Anybody who knows college football saw that game where, you know, Harrell to right. Crabtree for the touchdown against Texas, right? I think that's a legendary moment that people see. Uh, you know, I think the last couple of years, I think a lot of folks kind of lost track. I, I don't, you know, I don't know much yeah. about the Matt Wells era. Seems like it didn't go that's very great. well. Yeah, um, that's so why you don't I, know, I very not very memorable. Okay, don't, don't look into go. it. And I think that's yeah. similar, similar to what UCF has, right? When you're on an upstring and you're not one of these blue blood programs, if you have one or two down years, you're off the landscape yeah. already. And that, that climb back is so tough to make. And you know, I've heard good things about Joey McGuire and what he's brought. And you know, we we talked to some folks last week. I, I do a show with Mike Farrell as well, and Mike Farrell can't say enough about Joey McGuire being like the guy who knows every single solitary high school coach in the state of Texas can make a phone call right now and get somebody on the phone, which is something that that Tech hasn't had. So I think from a football standpoint, what we're seeing, what we're hearing, I think is arrows pointing up. I think your basketball program has been obviously a, a huge benefit for you. Obviously, the Chris Beard thing got a little ugly at the end there, but things continue to carry forward and i think texas texas has had a really good basketball program that's one area i know we'll talk about it later ucf basketball is going to get thumped in the big 12 we are not ready for big 12 basketball y'all play some street ball out there you guys are tough physical teams and not to mention kansas and obviously all of all of what they bring Baylor's win a national championship so um, it's a tough basketball conference we're not ready for that at all um, but i know that texas tech has definitely done a, a bunch of uh, Final Four team a few years back, if I remember correctly. So I think you all definitely yeah. have a, a good footprint on the basketball court right now.
2: If you were telling me to do word association, Texas Tech, the first thing I say is the bell ringer. Because <laughs> yes. right? I've seen the video going back for years, the guy pleasuring himself inside the bell. And then there's bit, and then I just found another one the other day where there's like four different bell ringers. and They, keep, and they, they show all of them. Um, that's the first thing I think of. But then, of course, the Crabtree game is the other But like Adam said, the last few years you guys have been on that downswing. You're not really in the news as much, and you know we we follow our conference, we follow the other teams in the state. So teams like Texas Tech, we kind of yeah. Since the
3: Mike Leach departure, you know over ten years ago, we've been riding the mediocre train. Like we're hanging around five and seven, and maybe seven or five at best, and losing recruits to anybody. Like there's recruits that would rather go to you guys than us in the last few years, I'm sure. Um, Joey McGuire is not letting them go now because he's the fire, most fiery guy I've ever seen. And he knows every high school kid and coach in the state. Um, but, yeah, we're hoping he can get us back on track um, on that point. Brooks, you on to hop on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the points you'll make are pretty good on it. You know, it is really hard when you're at our level to fall into mediocrity in football. Like, it's a scary thing. Like, once we started having some losing seasons, it was like, crap, are we about to fall into irrelevance in college football? And that's where we've been. And it's hard to get out of it. It's really hard to get out of it. You know, Cliff wasn't able to do it. The Matt Wells era is as forgettable of an era in Texas Tech history as there's been. Um, And so, yeah, Joey McGuire is hopefully the chosen one to get us back into somewhat relevancy where y'all know something other than guys that look like they're beating their meat uh, on a bell. And and so hopefully we can have some things in the future that uh, get people thinking of us more in a positive light in football. But, yeah, basketball is kind of where everything is going right now. So uh, kind of on some other Big 12 schools, what are y'all's perspective on uh, the rest of the Big 12, some other teams that you – think fondly of or some th- teams that you don't think so fondly of as you're joining this conference?
1: Yeah, I'll go basketball first, get out of the way. Again, we're not prepared to be in the Big 12 basketball at all. I mean, we we are mediocre in the American conference. We're, we're barely eking out games uh, in, in the American conference right now. So we've got a lot of work to do. Uh, we, I, I think literally we had over over 85% of our team transfer out or leave last mm-hmm. year. So it's a whole new squad yeah, coming in, in this year. Awesome. So <laughs> we, we've, we've got some – so I, don't, I mean – I'm excited to, to play against a Kansas. We're going to get slaughtered by 50, right? I'm excited to play against a Baylor. We'll get slaughtered by 50. Y'all probably beat us by 40. I think we're going to have – we're going to take some lumps in basketball. Uh, Football-wise, you know, what's interesting is, you know, obviously we have Oklahoma and Texas that are kind of looming out yeah. there. So, I guess that's a question for y'all. How do you think about the Big 12? Are you guys including Oklahoma and Texas when you think about Big 12? Or are you all just – that's SAC country. You don't even worry about them anymore. They're out of here.
3: They're, they're just nothing they're gone. to are they Okay, us they're dead, dead to us. Perfect. I mean, we'll dead still gone. hate Texas, but – Oklahoma, they're just hanging around. We don't care about them. But yeah, we can, we've we've tweeted some a little bit. Like when you guys win a game, we'll tweet Big 12 stuff. Like (laughs) we'd rather you guys win right now, and we don't care what they do.
1: So I, I know on Twitter probably a bit of a, um, a shot at everybody, but they call it the little eight, right? So the remaining schools after yeah. Texas and Oklahoma leave. Right. If you're just talking those schools specifically, I think there's some challenges football-wise. Oklahoma State obviously has been yeah. a, a pretty good program yeah. uh, year in, year out. Uh, they, they seem to find a way to fold towards the end, but they're typically always there. You know, Baylor's playing tough at times. I mean, uh, they, they play really tough under Matt Rule. I think Dave Aranda has them on that right track. I think that's another football school to take a look at. Uh, does Kansas play football? I'm not even – are they – they, still yeah, play. they
0: try. We call okay. it football, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't they, even think the yeah, fans. They stood up.
1: Got- got- Okay. looking forward it. to that win yeah looking forward to one win every year in conference we'll take that uh kansas state i mean it's up and down i guess some yeah. some years kansas state is tough and they, they they play really hard they play hard some some years they don't so um i think for us in the football space you know obviously oklahoma state i think you guys would probably agree has had the most continued yeah. success mm-hmm. uh, over the last couple of years i think baylor's up and coming so i think those are the two schools that you look at and go okay those are some tough tough games early on but you all know in conference you can lose any game at any time right and i think that's that's the thing is is UCF going to be prepared for the week in and week out uh, pounding? You're going to take, you know, the, the depth it's going to take, uh, playing bigger teams, the size, things, the speed, things like that. I think that'll be kind of a, a telling part. But I think Oklahoma State and Baylor probably football are, the, are probably the, the top two schools that we're looking towards and saying, okay, that's a, that's a good benchmark for where we are.
2: Yeah, we don't really know much about these schools. We don't have a lot of history yeah. playing yeah. against any of these schools. We played Baylor one time in the Fiesta Bowl. We played Kansas State one time. We never played you guys. We played Texas once when we opened our brand new stadium in I 2007. That. That's about it. I mean, maybe there's another one there. I'm not, I'm not thinking about. But you know, college football is all about rivalries. Yeah. You know, and we got to start building these things. The good thing is we're coming in with Cincinnati and Houston. We already have a little bit of rivalry built up with both of those schools over the years, so that's good. We played uh, BYU a couple times too, so we have a little familiarity with them. But. Uh, i look. Look, this T-shirt is from the first time we won the Big 12 when we beat Baylor in the Fiesta <laughs> Bowl. So that's why I wore it tonight. So that's that, that a, our history with Big 12 T-shirts. Was that
0: Bryce Petty? The Bryce Petty led Bears, yeah. right? Yeah. It was. Yeah, that was yeah. the I mean, beginning the of the year. Art Brows era, right? Uh, it was, that yeah, year,
2: yeah. they were putting 70 points on people that year all season. Oh, yeah. uh, they They lost one game, I think, ugly to Oklahoma State in the middle of the year, but that was it. And then uh, we pretty much shut them down for that game. Um, but yeah, man, that, that's what we're looking forward to. Cities going to I, I, we don't not too familiar with most of the cities there either, so maybe you guys can let us know about that.
3: Yeah, Adam, on your Big Twelve basketball point, it's it's been the toughest conference for the last I don't know five ten and years. Down. Yeah, and the hardest part of it, I mean, and we've been even been good in it the last few years. Um, when we were bad, it's it gets really bad. But the hardest part is, you know, you got to play. Top five Kansas, top five Baylor. The next day, like a couple days later, then you got to play a top ten, another team. You got to play like four top twenty teams, like in a couple of stretches. Like it never, you never get a break of a game. Like and even yeah. Yeah. like the low level teams um, right now, like you you can't take a night off. They might put something on you. Um, I don't like this next year. We're already looking at it and looking forward to it. But I've read some stuff. Half the conference could be top 20, even top 15. And it's like, yeah. we don't
1: even see we don't even see crowds like that though. I mean, the teams yeah. we're playing even on the road, we, we don't even get crazy crowd. I mean, we uh, play Wichita State, that's a that's an interesting place. It's kind of like a big circle right yeah. that They typically pack that place, but we don't even play crowd. I mean, our home crowds, you know, if we draw 2k, it's it's a pretty good uh, game for us. So, we we I mean, just the, the competition alone, but when you add in the crowd noise, you add in the, you know, all, all the fans yelling and we're going to we're going to struggle in basketball for a while. For, no I, no doubt about it.
3: Basketball-wise, yeah, we pack. We probably have the best atmosphere, especially when we're good like right now. We can pack in 14,000 in a pretty tight <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> tight atmosphere, pretty rowdy. Uh, wow. Kansas, they have a smaller, older stadium, but they pack in, I think, 9,000. You know, they sell that out every time. Iowa State's not an easy place. West Virginia, if Bob Huggins has them going, they have a big, big stadium. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of big stadiums that can also get very loud.
0: Yeah, it's fun though, but every night is a freaking stressful as hell night. Big 12 refs, you know, are always changing (laughs) the game. We always make fun of that. Uh, But, you know, especially during basketball season, you you sweat a lot during those games. Football for us has been more enjoyable, even when we're losing, because we just kind of, you know, going in, your expectations are low. And so if you win, it's exciting as hell. And if you lose, it's just playing up to the standards that you've already set. But um, so it's a pretty fun conference all around. Dustin, I think you said you got a follow-up here.
3: That was my follow-up. But I kind of want to tag along Mike earlier. He mentioned rivalries. Yeah, I know you're bringing, like you said, Cincinnati, Houston along with you. Um, you know, I think a lot of Texas schools are looking forward to having a rivalry with Houston. Um, are you guys looking forward to any of the current or staying around Big 12 teams, maybe making a rivalry with them? you have
2: anybody kind of picked out? I mean, you always go after one of the top teams. It's Oklahoma State, and they seem to have a big, rowdy yeah. fan base too, which, which kind of fits that. in with us. Our, our, <laughs> our, our fans are young, but they are loud. So it, it, I would put our 45,000 up against Ohio State's 110,000, whatever it is, but they're, they're a bunch of 80-year-old people I, we played a game there. It wasn't that loud, you know. Same thing with Michigan. Some of these older schools, uh, our fans are are incredible. When when it's a big game, it, the atmosphere is nuts. So I'd like to play a school like that. I've seen that at Oklahoma State. I've seen it. Uh, Baylor has been a lot better now with their new stadium. So those are the schools I'm kind of looking forward to.
0: The Oklahoma State. Uh, stadium is an interesting one, especially both them and Oklahoma. Those stadiums are right on top of you. There's, like, no room on the sidelines to the stands. They're right there. Uh, they're right on top of the players, and they have those little stupid paddles that they hit the sides of the wall with that make a uh, ruckus. But um, I think y'all talked about it with Rob last week. They're, they're Xerox U for us. They just copy whatever we do, and if we make something new that's cool, they're just, they're probably going to start doing it later. Um, so, uh, just be careful if y'all flash any cool traditions, they might steal that and use it for their own. I don't know if the Knights have, uh, something cool, some cool intro or, uh, something, you know, y'all do, they're always ready to take whatever cool tradition another school has. Um, so be careful with that. Uh, we were kind of thinking last week, would West Virginia, I know y'all, since it's kind of a East coast thing, would West Virginia be a possible rivalry between you guys? Is that something that. Uh, we could push, or is that some team that y'all are kind of just like, eh, below us?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think – yeah, I think we're mm-hmm. open. I, I think that's the thing about rivalries is they kind of have to happen right. organically, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, there's not a geographic rival, right? Right now, our rivals are, are are in Tampa, right? So it's so close to us. It's an easy geographic rival. So this is going to be interesting how the rivalries form here, right? Because it's either going to be tough games on the field, it's going to be trash talk afterwards, right? Yeah. Things like that. And that's where Mike's point about, if you're going to think about the schools in the Big 12, where are you going to get the trash talk? My assumption would be, outside looking in, Mike Gundy probably would talk the most shit of any coach out yeah. there, right? So my assumption would would be he would probably say something in the media that would piss off our fan base and then we'd be like hey we want to go get oklahoma state the other coaches at least seem a little bit more under control in the in the big 12 i don't know what neil brown's doing in west virginia he seems like he's pretty under control He might be out (laughs) (laughs) So. <laughs> yeah. If he's even there, great question. So I think it has to happen organically, right? I think it has to happen either tough games on field, you know, some sort of an incident or, or co- coach talking some stuff, doing some headlines. I think that's kind of where we're looking for fan base. But geography-wise, I would say the other thing is whatever the easiest flight to get to yeah. would be. Uh, you know, I think that's one thing UCF fans have, have kind of joked about is that the plane trips to some of the locations here aren't going to be the easiest plane trips. So if you tell me there's a school that's like right by an airport, direct flight from Orlando, that's our rival right away.
3: Hey, we might be we might be it for you then. Yeah, so
0: right right. now, like the top places that are easiest to get to would probably be TCU and and Texas, right? And of course, Texas won't be here for too long. uh, So that goes out. But you know, TCU right in Fort Worth, they have airports right there. But Lubbock's only one connection away. Some of these other places, West Virginia, you gotta fly and then drive an hour. Drive
3: three hours to get there. Kansas, Kansas
0: State, you gotta fly, drive an hour. Uh, Stillwater, you gotta fly, drive an hour or two. Uh, so, you know, we're pretty simple to get to just a flight to Dallas in okay. one connection. And hey, you're in Lubbock and you're 15 minutes away from campus as soon as you land. So, um, but Big 12 cities. So, you kind of talked about this. You're not really familiar with it. Is this questions y'all want to ask us, or is there anything like that you would? consider traveling to yeah. if it if it was a direct flight let's say it was a direct flight Stillwater. if it was a direct flight to morgantown what are kind of like some of the places that you've heard good things yeah. about and would be curious about going to
1: yeah, I've got a follow-up for this one. So I, I said on uh, one of our shows recently, I said Waco would be interesting. And I got hit with a barrage of Waco's a shithole. So maybe I'm crossing off the list. Um, we may or may not have spoken to somebody who does something very similar to y'all. And he, he just casually dropped in there. There's a crime problem in Lubbock. I don't know if you can address Man. the current crime statistics in uh, Lubbock, um, whether or not we need to have our wallets in the front pocket. I don't know if you can, can shine more light on the crime. All right, so I'm
0: born and raised in Lubbock. Uh, and I have never experienced this. Now there might be lists and stuff out there, but let's face it guys. If you're going to be in Lubbock, you're going to be there for a football weekend, right? Most, most likely you're not, you're not coming out to Lubbock for vacation. Like that's all right. We get it. It's not a vacation spot, but it is a great (laughs) ass time for a football weekend. Like you're going to have one hell of a time. You're not going to get robbed. You're going to meet a lot of really friendly people are there to make sure you enjoy your time in Lubbock and enjoy your experience there there's gonna be really good food there's gonna be a lot of great places to get a cold beer um, or whatever drink suits you and then tailgate day is is fantastic right you're gonna games at 6 p.m. there's gonna be tailgates going at 8 a.m. Uh, they're gonna be ready for you You probably can just walk around and as long as you're uh, out there and willing to go meet random people going to they're going to shove food at, at you they're going to shove free drinks in your face we're just a really friendly group of people who really do love lubbock and want people to love it as much as we do and so if you're here for a football weekend you're going to have a really good time you're going to go enjoy a football game where you have a decent shot of winning because we don't win a whole lot at home uh hopefully joey mcguire fixes that um but after the game, win or lose, we boost. So we go out and we have a great time, whether we win or whether we lose, too. So you're just going to have a lot of fun packed into a good weekend. So that's my sales pitch on Lubbock. Like, if you just want to have a good time, drink a lot, eat a lot of food, go watch a football game in between, it's a great place to do that. Dustin, you got anything to add on?
3: Oh, you nailed it right on the head, man.
1: Yeah, you're speaking my language. You're speaking my language on that one. What about? Well, you guys tell us. What's 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 one spot? I mean, we've heard West Virginia. I think they burn couches there or something, right? Uh, What (laughs) What's one spot that you would say? Hey, you know what? Outside of Lubbock, which sounds like Brooks may be in the Chamber of Commerce. I'm not sure. Outside of (laughs) Lubbock, is there one spot that we need to go to?
3: Oh, just spot. Uh, I mean, all so all our our uh, stadiums are right on campus. All our bars and stuff are right along the same road and an adjacent road so we have a stretch of i don't know six seven eight bars down that road and chimneys is Chimis. the most popular one i would say great great little kind of fast mexican food but really good margaritas and drinks cold beer um i was going to answer it before you said what to go go place uh like eat and drink but traditionalized when we kick off a football game we throw tortillas on the yeah. field yeah. <laughs> so that might be something you don't see anywhere else You're Like, what the hell are they doing with tortillas in their pants and yeah, <laughs> throwing <yeah>. them at <laughs> <they> kickoff
0: <laughs> no, we don't really even know how it started it just started one day somebody said like a few rumors
3: just... but we don't know the actual source of mm-hmm. what so.
0: but yeah there's so
2: we're we're in orlando there's thousands of hotel rooms every corner you go by yeah. What's the, what's the accommodations uh, look like over there in Lubbock? Are there a lot of hotels? Am I going to have to crash at Brooks's place, or what's going to happen?
0: <laughs> well, you can't crash at mine because I actually live like an outsider. He crashes at my place? Yeah, I crash at his <laughs> place on Game 8. So when I came in for that Texas game, that Texas basketball game, that was a Tuesday night, we just, I just crashed on his couch afterwards. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of hotels. I mean, every, every – week, there's like a new hotel popping up. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of accommodations. There's a lot of good hotels that are right there around the stadium. Now they've turned and that all hall- the highway easy to, get to the stadium. Yeah. There's a lot of places that are easy. Uh, there's Airbnbs of course, are popping up everywhere there. So there's a lot of places to stay that are right there by the stadium. And most of them are surrounded by really good bars or are really close to the best thing about Lubbock is you can get anywhere in about 10, 15 minutes. You don't have to deal with all like the traffic like you might have to in Dallas, Austin, uh, Oklahoma City. If you go, you know, trying to get to Norman for a game, uh, you can get anywhere pretty quickly. And so everything's just an Uber ride away. And, you know, we're in walking dis- walking distance to the stadium with a lot of hotels. So there's a lot of good places to stay, including the Overton, which is right pretty much right next to the stadium. So. Uh, a lot of accommodations for that. Big 12 cities I will warn y'all about in case y'all have these on your lists. I will warn y'all about Stillwater. And so, this is my Stillwater spill for you guys. I went to <laughs> I went to a game there when I was like 10, 11 years old. Um we lost that game, but there was a swarm of crickets that hit Stillwater that specific night. Uh and by swarm of crickets, there's like video footage on youtube i think this game was like in 99 or something like that you can see the crickets crawling on the green on the field on the tv they're flying into the stands we're swatting them off like all of us walking i'm killing about five with every step and i'm like 11 years old at this time 10 11 years old so my feet aren't very big i'm killing that many crickets every time i take a step so i've just been haunted by that memory for uh, pretty much my entire life so uh, I have no th- no good things to say about Stillwater. Dustin you have any uh, Big 12 cities you want to warn them about?
3: Well the Big 12 cities that I've been to and hate are leaving so yeah. um, Austin's a fun place it's kind of crazy to get around and it's their fans are terrible honestly. <laughs> um, Oklahoma it was just a fun time and we're not up to their level so it, they kicked our ass in that football game like most of the time so we just had a good time outside of the football game um, I haven't been to anywhere else that's crazy um, honestly like TCU I don't think they're that die-hard about anything like we send more fans to TCU for basketball and football than I think they have most years um, we take them over a lot and uh, Baylor Basketball-wise, they don't really – even though they've been a top-ten program for the last you know, few years, they don't really show up. They're yeah. very well. Football, I think they do a little better just because football in Texas is a little bigger and more popular, uh, especially around that area. Um, but the teams I hate or cities I hate are leaving, so good riddance. Yeah.
2: Let me ask you about the schools that are joining the conference, the cities, Cincinnati. Orlando, Houston, yeah. and Provo, which is beautiful too if you ever been out there. Have you ever been to Orlando, first of all, and are you looking forward to the trips out here?
3: So we had a segment last week that we kind of broke it all down, you know, football, basketball, rivalries, cities. I'll be honest, I had you guys last and fourth, just did. because I think just in general people know UCS in Orlando. Orlando is usually, you know, Disney World, touristy, that kind of situation. Um, and i think these other schools even Houston i had low because you know huge city there's a lot to do there kind of terrible to get around um that big ass city so i had you guys low there just for kind of touristy reasons and i wanted to follow up kind of with that you asked us how is it to get around the tailgate scene is like is the tailgate scene close to the stadium or there bars around like how does that work with orlando and the city and the school kind of situation
2: yeah, so the, or, the city of Orlando is very busy. If you drive around downtown, yeah. I-4, it's yeah. a nightmare. Okay, but the, the school is actually about 20 minutes east of there. So w- when you're coming to a game, you're probably staying at a hotel right across the street from the campus. Tailgating is just like you guys all day. We have this place called Memory Mall where it's just a line of grass that goes on for quite a bit, and people are tented out there, grilling all day. Uh, there's a bar that's right by the stadium that I stop in all the time, too, before – I make my rounds, you know, I'll stop at a couple of tailgates. We'll go to the Alumni Center. We'll drink there on my way to the stadium. I always stop at Burger U, have a couple of last beers there, a couple shots. So then, yeah, everything is there. It's a huge party on campus. When Adam and I went to school, we used to play at the Citrus Bowl, which was downtown Orlando. And, you know, we'd have to drive 25 minutes out there, sit in the parking lot. It's completely different now. Now you're sitting on campus. It's beautiful. The scenery is awesome. All the alumni have come back now in like the last 15 years since the stadium opened. And it's just the atmosphere before the game is incredible. I mean, the the team does the walk to the stadium, the band comes through, the whole nine yards. It's a great college atmosphere. And if you want, at nighttime or the next day, you want to go over to hit the theme parks, you want to go downtown, check out all that stuff, you have that option to do that too.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think Orlando's kind of split. There's there's East Orlando, which is where UCF is situated. Right. And that's yeah. that's an, with traffic. That's like an hour and a half to Disney World, Universal, yeah. all that stuff. Right. So people who that's the biggest myth about UCF. Every time I'm like, oh, I went to, school to Orlando, they're like, oh, you went to Disney World no. like, twice, maybe yeah. the entire time I was there because <laughs> it's so far away. It's nowhere near what you want to do. Right. Uh, I, I think the cool thing about what you get on campus. Right. So Mike mentioned Memory Mall. So that is just packed. That, that's just elbow to elbow. Students have to reserve spots in advance. Yeah. There's like a lottery system. Right. You, you set your tent up. And that's just one area then you have all the parking lots around there and that's where all the old alumni are at some of the some of the folks who don't go to school anymore so you've got that whole student debauchery section where if you want to go through and do jello shots and play flip cup all that's going on right then you can probably go to like four to five different satellite parking lots where it's old guys like Mike and I with tents and beers and cornhole stuff like that watching TVs with like a real legit setup we have a lot specifically for RVs and buses right people come in with an RV right get TVs hanging hanging on that thing Uh, and then to Mike's point nothing better than you're at a tailgate right you're there all day and you're, you're heading to the stadium now everyone's all pumped up right we're gonna kick their ass we're gonna win and then right before you get there out of the corner of your eye there's more beer. And it's like, I can't believe there's still more beer left, right? Yeah. You grab that last one at Burger U, you walk into the stadium, you get inside. Um, in and around Orlando, it's, it's your typical college town. There's college bars. Um, there's a lot of housing. Mike mentioned the, the enrollment numbers. So there's a lot of student housing around there. But you name some sort of a bar, some sort of a chain, it's in and around there, uh, all up and down kind of the two main streets there, kind of going up and down UCF. Uh, you probably get anywhere between 10 to 15 bars spread out that people kind of hit after games. Um, and again, to Mike's point, so you go to the game, you get hammered, you, you lose to UCF, sorry. You get up the next morning, you shake it off, and you're like, hey, let's go check Disney World out. Hey, let's go to Universal. Now you can kind of make a weekend trip out of it. So there's there's something to do if you want to you know, kind of come in town and, and make it a trip. If you're an NFL fan, short drive to Tampa. Maybe the Buccaneers are playing somebody you want to see that day. So you've kind of got that NFL crossover at that point too. Depending on what time you're there, November, Magic play there, right? So if you're a basketball yeah. fan, Magic are right downtown. So a lot, of, a lot of times I know when Mike and I plan trips or think about, it we always try to do that double dip right who's playing sunday nearby right so you got the bucks you know 90 minutes away you hop in a car you're in raymond james in no time
0: yeah to kind of pump myself up i had y'all high on my list of places that i would like i saw you brooks yeah i saw you you're my favorite coming Uh, in i've been to i've been to disney world twice but i would love to go back and not deal with that at all whatsoever like i think i the last time i did it is the last time i want to do that so it would be fun to actually be there and kind of get not that experience and actually experience what it'd be like to be around that campus and it sounds like y'all tailgate like us so uh i think that's why i had y'all high as i like they seem like people that would want to have a good time start at 8 a.m tailgate till the games at you know 6 7 p.m so other questions about tailgates because we are tailgate talks so what are some interesting like food items that we might find at a ucf tailgate that's kind of different from what you might find out here in West Texas.
1: Do they serve food, Mike? I don't know. Are there I don't even know. I'm going to have to check that
3: out. Liquid diets only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Adam sounds a lot like me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if there's food laying around.
2: Yeah, we used to set up our own tailgate. Like I was saying, we'd have the tents, the TVs, the grills ourselves. As the older we've gotten and now we each have kids, you know, I'm driving up there that morning. Sometimes I'd bring the family with me. Sometimes I'm by myself and I don't want to have to lug all that stuff around set all that stuff up so I'll pop by a buddy's tent for a little bit then I'll head to the alumni center I'll drink beer there it's free you know I'll hang out to get some AC cuz it's hot in September October early games you don't want to be in the sun all day if you're a guy like me and then you know we head to the bar but uh, food wise it's a mix of everything it depends on who you're tailgating with there's no staple food i mean i know you guys are known for your barbecue over in texas and stuff there's no big thing it's not like you got to have this okay. cheeseburger or anything right. but uh everybody's doing whatever they whatever they feel like some some people customize it to the opponent that day right. so if we're playing you know uh, a, a team with uh, a cow we're playing South Florida. we call them the cows you, you know you kick some hamburgers you you play in philadelphia you do some cheesesteaks things like that but we're not really known specifically for our food more party there there may or may not have it's been there. a brothel on memory mall at one point when the stadium first mm. opened oh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's on our page. There's a lot of wi- if you want more. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of women, there's a lot of nice eye candy. It's it's, it's Florida, you know, there's a lot of girls yeah. walking around and, and it's just a party, really. So if you grab a hot dog on the way, that's just an added bonus.
1: And to, your, and to your point, guys, half half the people don't even go in the game sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, you see a bunch of people not even make it in the games and or, I mean, UCI spent on a pretty good run. At, the, the running joke for the alumni is at halftime, all the students leave and they don't come back. Yeah. yeah, So they go back to the parking lot and they're like, okay, cool, we're up 21, nothing, cool. And they go back and they, they finish up the tailgate. whatever they Whatever's left over, whatever they didn't drink, they go back out and finish it up. So it's definitely a school. Like, we went 0-12 in 2015 and we're famous, Orlando, UCI's famous. There was a bar in downtown Orlando that basically served Free beer at every game until UCF won. So literally every game that season, free they gave beer. away free beer. You said, "Win or lose, we booze." That that was a that was oh, a yeah. literal mantra for us that season because we had nothing else to do but booze. So if you're looking to get after it, see some some rowdy stuff, you'll see a couple fights break out of here and there too. It's it's unfortunate, but it, it happens from time to time. But uh, it's it's a nice setup. Uh, again, it's all right there on campus, so you can even walk campus after that. Like you want to take a break, you want to walk around, you can walk through campus. We have a student union with a bunch of restaurants and stuff inside. Too, if you need to get some AC, it gets hot out there. Just like right. I, I assume it does for you guys in Lubbock. Oh, yeah. So, uh it's there's some AC to, to to have, but it's it's a scene, man. It's it's for sure a scene. I don't know if you guys caught we had College Game Day in 2018. Yeah. Um, you do into that search, you'll see the crowd that we pulled in for College Game Day. I mean, it's a it's a big it's a big atmosphere there.
0: Can y'all uh, drink in the stadiums? Is that allowed there? Huge now? question. Yeah. Well,
1: that's a great, a great question. So right now there are two premium sections that you can buy season tickets to and you can drink in those sections only. Mike and I happen to be mm-hmm. season ticket holders in those sections specifically because we yeah. want to drink there. Right. Yeah. There is some talk about uh, opening that up to the entire stadium. Uh, Rad is big on self-generated revenue. Obviously, going to the Big 12, we need to find ways to make money. An easy way to make money, is sell some booze. Yeah. So that's on the table in terms of that's something we do fans like mike and i are pissed because i'm like hey i pay premium right. for these seats because i want to get booze right. if jabroni down the block is playing like in the sit in the bleachers like that's not fair so we'll see what ucf does but right now it's premium sections but i wouldn't be surprised come fall if it's not everybody
3: yeah i'll tell you this it's I mean, a huge revenue generator because yeah you know lovick is in the bible belt south bible belt and huge christian people didn't want you know beer in the stadium it's going to get too rowdy and crazy and finally like three or four years ago they allowed it and there's been no incidents nothing has happened and we pay nine dollars a beer as much as we want to and <laughs> spend all our money there a lot of the year and it's it's great honestly like it's great well, not have to have is- to worry about it and you can go in all right i'll have two or three today and
1: yeah. we'll be good the foolish people are drinking anyway. Right, they right. Well pay you to drink. You know what I mean? Instead, they're paying you know, the grocery store and the Seven Eleven. They might as well just pay you to drink, right? We, exactly. We joked yeah. a couple weeks ago that we didn't make the,
3: we didn't host a regional baseball tournament for the first time in like five years, and we joked, well, we're going to save like a couple hundred bucks, you know, off not having to go to three baseball games this weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, we have a good time with that. We- We got our uh, basketball season tickets. You know, before you could drink in the stadium, there's this bar called Club Red, which is what we name our Texas Tech, you know, centric episodes around. It was the only bar in the stadium that you could go grab a beer, but you could only keep it in that area. And so when we were originally getting season tickets, we had some chances to get lower, you know, kind of right by the benches or, you know, real down close to the court. We were like, no, put us close so we can get to the bar before everybody beats us there at halftime. Uh, Of course, now, you you know, you don't need to get to the bar at halftime to grab yourself a beer. You can just go anywhere out. But I tell you what, it's definitely uh, made going to games even more fun than it already was. Um, So kind of keeping the conversation moving on back to uh, sports and everything like that. We kind of got this talking about earlier with the basketball. So other sports UCF is good at. When you are coming into the Big 12 Conference, besides football, which I already got y'all's, uh, confidence level on that. What are some other sports that you expect UCF to come in and just compete with the rest of the big 12 right away?
1: Yeah, I would say for us, our women's sports, at least these past couple of seasons have outperformed our men's sports. Hands down. Um, our, our softball team actually played Oklahoma Uh, in in a regional. we Actually, I think we lost by the least, if that makes any difference. I mean, that Oklahoma softball team crushed everybody. So our softball program's on a pretty big upswing. Obviously, you mentioned earlier, we we played jaw this year and won that one. So our softball program, if we continue in the trajectory we're on, I think we can compete. Our volleyball team is typically pretty good. Uh, We've been to the NCAAs a few years in a row, so we're good there. Our women's basketball team has typically been good. Now, we're in a, a period of upheaval. Our head coach left to go to Georgia, so with, with her exit, all the other uh, the girls exited with her as well, so we lost pretty much our entire team from that perspective, so we'll figure out how that how that shakes down. On the, on the men's side, baseball, we're always up and down. We haven't been consistent in a long, long time, so I don't know what we'll do baseball-wise. If we're going to get crushed in basketball. Soccer, we're not bringing our soccer teams over there, but we're typically pretty good in soccer. I don't know if y'all have tennis there. We're typically yeah. good in tennis, uh, so that may be a, a, a sport we compete, but outside of football, softball, volleyball are probably the next too that i would say we have a chance of making any noise in mike you agree yeah
2: yes uh, for men's basketball we've won one game in the ncaa tournament in our history we've been in to the tournament only a, a handful of times five six times uh ball, baseball right? we baseball we've never won a regional you know we've never been to a super regional so we don't have a lot of history there basically like Adam was saying softball is now our probably our second best sport uh this past season men's soccer but now we're moving into the, the Sun Belt the Big 12 doesn't even have men's soccer we've been okay right. with that but uh yeah I mean we're hoping for some improvement especially in men's basketball and baseball you know the sports where people actually uh, spend some money at because most of the other sports let's face it nobody really goes
0: right at least here
2: anyway no
0: yeah that, that those are our big three right football Baseball and basketball, and luckily we've been good at basketball and baseball, so that keeps people going to the games. But you know, football is very much kind of like you said when in some of those games for y'all, where it's a lot of people at the first half, and then by the end of the game, it's kind of empty because everybody's back out at their tailgate or trying to get to the bars or trying to beat parking or whatever it is. Um, and so to have you know at least two sports to be pretty competitive in definitely helps, but. Yeah, no. I will,
1: I will say, I will say, Brooks. Before our UCF fans yell at Mike and I for listening to this, yes, the other programs are underfunded. <laughs> yes, they don't get as much <laughs> resources, much revenue. Right. I have to get that out there because if not, they will kill us. But I mean, UCF had to make this decision. I think a long time ago, right? When we recognized, hey, we can we can be really good at football, and football is going to drive a ton of revenue. Yeah. I think yeah. they went all in on football, chips all in the center of the table. That's where a lot of their revenue went to. That's where they kind of invested back into, probably at the detriment of some of these other sports. You know, and now we're, we're some of the most underfunded sports in the American Conference right now. So imagine taking our basketball team or baseball World. team our softball team over to the Big 12. It's going to be a struggle for a long time. I think softball's got the best chance, but I think that funding has to come in. We just, we've had flash-in-the-pan seasons in some of those sports. We just haven't stacked success in any other sport really outside of football.
0: Yeah, I mean, y'all were that close to beating Duke what, a couple years ago uh, when they had Zion. Half an inch, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but... Yeah, interesting. Hey, I had another
3: football question to get back to that. I know we've had – y'all had great success the last handful of years. Scott Frost and then hypo was good. Now you got Gus Malzahn. What's the feeling with him? And then that transition to the Big 12 because he's been big time before at Auburn. I think that helps you guys. I see you guys kind of like y'all are saying, as a competitor pretty immediately in football. So what's the feeling with him and how that might affect the
2: transition also? Yeah, so far, everybody's in love with Gus Malzahn. He hasn't done anything wrong yet. <laughs> you know, we did have a bad loss last year against Navy where we blew a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter. I, I still don't know how we lost that one. But we just weren't as good as Cincinnati last year, so got, people kind of looked past that. Yeah. right? And, and now they're kind of expecting him to take that leap now in the second year and see what he can do. Remember, Frost's first year, he came off a 0-12 season. Yeah. He went 6-6 six and six his first year, and then it was year two undefeated. You know, um, so let's see what Malzahn can do here in year two. He's, he's building everything the right way. He's got to be, and he said it when he got here, if somebody can come here and stay here, they can really build this into something. That's the one thing we've been lacking the last couple right. of years. The last two head coaches were here for two, year, two years and three years. If Malzahn can come and stay for five, six, eight years, and maybe even finish his career here, he could be a legend at UCF yeah. if he does things the right way.
1: Well, I think that the key to that too, Dustin, is you look at the last two coaches, Scott Frost, first-time head coach at UCF, Josh Heupel, first-time head coach at UCF. Gus Malzahn's a professional coach. When you yeah. think about making a move to the Big 12, he understands what that looks like. He understands what a practice looks like at that level. He understands what recruiting looks like. He knows the support staff he needs. And, and so I think that's a huge part about having him in this seat. I would tell you right now, if this was Josh Hepel to run the show, we would all be a little bit like, ah, are we sure we can figure this out? But you have confidence that Gus has been there before, knows yeah. what this looks like knows Holy what it's supposed to be um, and I think that's the we broke that mold because usually under our old AD we went first year head coach right so going on with Gus I think everyone has that confidence that okay he knows how to build a program he knows what success looks like so I think that's where for for everybody in terms of Gus the arrow points in that direction and that up direction because of that experience yeah totally agree Brooks
0: uh, yeah I got one more question football related and to the stadium y'all call it the bounce house correct I love that is
1: breaking news. So as of like two weeks ago, we have a sponsor now. It's now FBC Mortgage Stadium. Oh, okay, uh, that's the that's the formal name on it. But FBC I think everyone will still. House. Okay. There on. you go. I think everyone will still call it the bounce house. I mean, that's kind of uh, that's kind of what it'll be known for.
0: Is it? I've heard rumors of this is it because it feels like it shakes when everybody's going crazy
1: yeah so you asked about traditions earlier so we have uh this is super uh i mean we're probably the only team that does this right we play zombie nation i don't know if you guys have heard of it Mm -hmm. uh so we play uh we play zombie nation at kickoff uh and there's a little chant that goes along and right before that everyone's jumping up and down so if you've got forty-five thousand people in that stadium i mean it's 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 a more of a steel-based construction stadium versus sort of your, your older school like brick stadiums, you, you will absolutely feel the bounce going back and forth. That's so that's awesome. how it got. It's actually better than it used to be. They, I think they tightened some bolts and they firmed some stuff up over the last couple of years because <laughs> it used to be pretty bad after a while. We've heard stories of cameramen who were like, hey, I have to shoot outside the stadium because I can't stand here. My camera won't stand up. So um, I think it's gotten better over time. But if, you, if, it's, if it's rocking, you'll feel it. And yeah it, it, you
2: feel the floor under your feet kind of like, it gets a little scary sometimes I was say, big is game, that awesome it, or does it, it like make,
0: make give you a queasy feeling in your stomach if you've had a few I, well, too well many it depends dude.
1: how your tailgate it depends how your tailgate <laughs> yeah, went if yeah. your tailgate went good you don't even know you're moving <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah exactly but uh but i do when the stadium first opened it was worse and they had to reinforce all that stuff to kind of make it feel a little safer but um it, it's been the stadium now has been around for about 15 years so they I don't know how much longer the bouncing it can take.
3: Uh, I wanted to come back and ask you guys again, any other Texas tech questions, sports related. Like I just asked coach related, Uh, honestly, anything. Floor is open to you guys.
1: Yeah, I guess I I heard, I heard your show last week. Obviously you guys kind of talked through each of the schools, but you know, Mike and I are always curious the outside perspective on UCF, right? We think we can come in and compete right away. We think we have a lot of talent, a lot of speed. We think we have a good coach and a good protocol in place. Y'all don't see us all the time, just probably hear about us in SportsCenter or whatnot. From the Big 12 standpoint, is there any, I don't want to say scared, but any concern or or what are your expectations for UCF and how you think they'll hold up in the Big 12?
0: I'm, you know, I would be optimistic if I were you guys. I think you are coming into the conference at a a really good time. All these four schools coming in, I think, all have a shot at being very competitive right from the get go. Y'all have all been uh, some of the best. Non power five teams uh, for consistent years now. So I think getting that Big 12 bump, well, how that helps y'all with recruiting and all of that stuff. But y'all have our shot right there. Like you're leaving, we're losing the weight of the conference with OU and Texas. And it's kind of all there for the taking. Like, sure, Oklahoma State's been very competitive, uh, Baylor's had a few good seasons, but there's really not anybody just strictly who's claiming like we're going to be the best football school once these guys leave. And so that's kind of there for the taking. And so I think the one thing that will be a challenge is like, you've got to bring it every week in the big 12. Like you, you can't slack just because it is Kansas. Cause look, Kansas walked into Texas and beat Texas last year and we couldn't even hang, uh stay within 35 of Texas. So, uh It's just one of those things. You got to bring it every single week. Cause at the end of the day, it is a Power 5 school, and they are still getting Power 5 players. So, you know, any particular week, you can be walking away with a loss that you weren't expecting. But it is fun to have that every single week where, you know, it's going to be a pretty fun game, uh, different teams. But I think the fact they are coming in now uh, would should be great for you guys. Like, y'all should be excited. I'm excited to have y'all. Uh, but, yeah, there is some fear in me that's like, do we – does Joey McGuire take us to where we can be above these new four schools? Are we just going to fit in right to these four schools, or do we get left at the bottom of the Big 12? And so that's the one sport that I think I'm, I'm really nervous about with all of you guys uh, coming in. Dustin, I don't know how you're feeling on that. You're shaking your head a lot. So
3: Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. The consistency, we talked about basketball earlier. Same with baseball, same with football. The high-level consistency, it's tough every week or twice a week to play – in some of these games um, and have your mindset right. Um, But I think that helps you guys being in Florida and having those Florida recruits. Everybody knows about the speed. You've talked about it a couple of times, and the Florida recruits are really high level and fast and all that. And so that's a lot of Big 12 right there is speed and quickness and being an athlete. And so, yeah, you guys should be able to adapt really well for
2: football. Let me ask you that this. A lot of UCF fans are maybe a little nervous this last year in the American with the officiating, thinking we may not get oh. the benefit of the doubt when we play against, like, a Tulsa or a Memphis. Are you guys looking forward to getting a few calls here against Texas and Oklahoma, and can we expect to get some home cooking once we're in the conference no. next year? No way. And I'll let Brooks, he's our
3: officiating uh, Big 12 expert here.
0: <laughs> you know I- – yeah, I think it's consistent with about every league. I think officials are just kind of getting worse and worse for some reason every year. It just feels like they're missing more. They're changing the outcomes of games from time to time and Big 12 is just like that. I don't think there's any sort of bias to teams. I just think they're always really bad for both sides. So you just kind of got to get used to there's going to be a lot of terrible calls that will help you out, but there's also going to be a lot of terrible calls that are gonna leave you speechless and might, you know, change the outcome of a game here or Now we will bitch about the rest, but at the end of the day, we understand. Hey, there's play A, play B we could have made that would have helped us win this. But I mean, just like every other fan base, I think uh, everybody feels like refs are out to get them, and Big 12 is no different. They're you know they're a joke from week to week, and you just kind of gotta uh, play your best game and not have to deal with them. But they're going to – that's, that's kind of what you're asking for now. Every game it feels like is you're just hoping that the refs don't make a call that blow the game or something like that. But I don't know if that makes you all feel any better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, I prefer the, to be
2: settled on the field and not have the refs involved. But if we're going to get a couple calls because we're the new guy and we're playing Oklahoma, I'll take
3: it. I can yeah, see yeah. it going that way more than our way.
0: Yeah, that would be uh, interesting. We didn't really get any of that last year and you know, the news had already broke as we headed into last season that they were leaving the conference, but I didn't really feel anything different towards them. The one school that I think gets the most biased and that's its basketball again is Kansas. Kansas you'll tend to see a lot of calls go their way, especially when they're at home and especially in the Big 12 tournament when it's in their own backyard in Kansas City. Uh, so that's kind of the one school that I think gets the most biased but yeah it'd be interesting to see like this next year and you know however long Texas and OU remains if like the schools remaining in the conference get a few more calls here and there so that'll be something interesting to watch
1: I've seen that football wise the knock knocking the big 12 typically has been nobody plays any defense. And y'all's experience, is that legit? Is that, is that a, a fair criticism, or do you think there's much better defense than the national media kind of talks about?
3: So I think there's been a big shift in the last 10 years. I think 10 years ago, it was all – everybody was air-raid all offense, no defense. You had to score 60 to try to win. Like, you've seen some a lot of our Mike Leach, Cliff Kingsbury games where, you know, we've scored 60 and still lost. Uh, <laughs> I think in the last five-ish years – it's kind of shifted, and not to hate on the SEC, but I think they're more of the air raid type, less defense, and the Big 12 kind of has a little better defense. I think everything's kind of shifted and caught up. I think the Big 12's a little more balanced, I would say, r- rather than how it used to be for the last 10, 15 years before that.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting because I think the Big 12 was kind of ahead of the game in the offensive right. side of the ball. Uh, you know, Mike Leach really ushered in that air raid era. And you kind of look at his coaching tree is ridiculous. You know, Lincoln Riley was under him. Uh, Art Browse who was at Baylor, was under him. There's a lot of different coaches who are uh, who have taken his offense and twisted it, put their own uh, remix to it. And that really took a hold of the Big 12. But that also gave a lot of defensive coordinators like you're just constantly getting destroy it every single week for years and years and I th- think they finally kind of tweaked it to where they figured some things out like Oklahoma State had a really damn good defense last year uh Baylor was pretty good at defense uh Texas Tech has not been that good on that side of the ball for a long time Dustin mentioned I think we had a season where we lost four games where we scored over 50 points so uh we're just constantly waiting to have something on that side of the ball that that uh is formidable uh but yeah, defense has, has turned the corner, I think, in the Big 12 to where you're not just watching 50-point games all the time.
2: How do you guys want them to work out the whole conference? Like, right now you guys are playing around Robin. Everybody plays everybody. You're not going to be able to do that once we have 14 teams. Do you want to see them go to the divisions? Do you want to see them do some pods? How do you want to see them work it out in the future?
0: I like divisions. I like having I like having at least teams that I know I'm going to play every year. Uh, especially in football, like I liked it back in the old Big Twelve, where we did have twelve teams, where I knew we were playing A and M, Baylor, Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State every single year, and then you you know have three teams from the other division that you were playing. I like that. I'd like to keep you know five teams that we're playing every year, kind of build up some new rivalries that kind of take over the conference. Um, so I like that idea, Dustin. I don't know where your heads at on that, and then I'd like to hear where y'all are thinking as y'all are coming in on this.
3: Yeah, I haven't really thought about it um, for the last eight or ten years, however long we've been in this current 10-team Big 12. Um, I also hate how the numbers don't match up in almost every conference. Uh, <laughs> but I like how we play the round robin, and we play everybody throughout. So you your record is your true record in that conference. Um, so I am going to miss that. Um, I'd like to see how some of these uh, conferences are going to do the pods and how that works with – you get a rival of here and there to always keep. Um, sounds like they're kind of doing pods, but divisions at the same time, um, in that sense. But I guess divisions—that's um, what we were before. But even with divisions, you get that. Oh, they had an easy schedule this year. You know, they didn't have to play this team, that team that were really good over there. They got the—they t- got Kansas and Kansas State instead of UCF and Houston, like you know. Like, so you're always going to get that argument out of it. It'll be interesting to see like, how they do conference championships out of it, I think, is something different, too, that we can play with from there. I know the Pac-12 said they're getting rid of divisions and kind of going you play who you play, and then the top two are going to be in the championship. So there's, there's some new ways of thinking about it, and I like that conferences are kind of going a little independent with it, and you don't have to do one set thing.
0: Yeah, what do you all want?
2: I like divisions. I always liked having divisions. That's the way we did it in Conference USA. That's the way we were for a little while in the American until recently. And and it did build up the rivalries that way. The one thing I'm not sure of, going to nine conference games, you're going to have that year where you only get four at home, five on the road. I know it all evens out, but it's going to stink if you have your best team one year and that's the year you only have the four home games. But uh, I guess it could work out the other way too. But, um, yeah, I, I prefer divisions, but I, I'm willing to try it out the other way, too.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm pro divisions, too. And I think, you know, for the same reason sort of Brooks mentioned, right, you kind of knew who your opponents were every year. And, and if you had a year where you dropped to a, a team on the other side of the division, there, you still had that fun chance of being like, hey, we're still a game out in our side of the division. Give me the championship game, and we'll see what happens, right? Where you still know, hey, I, 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 blew one on the other side, but I still have a chance to get back there and do something. Where if it's all in one, right? You lose one game at that point, you're already kind of putting yourself in a really tough spot. So I like the ability to say, hey, you know what? Well, you can trip up a little bit, you still have something to play for the rest of the year, win a division, get to accomplish championship. I think the pods will be interesting. I don't yeah. like the forced rival thing. Like I don't, yeah. I don't want you know. Bob Bowlesby or whoever the next Bob Bowlesby is going to be to just like put a pin in a map and be like, ah, here are your rivals. Like, I don't, that doesn't sit well with me. I don't like the way that you guys don't even claim works. (laughs) Yeah, we, they tried to claim us i don't know what happened there um so i, I don't i don't want someone putting a pin in the, in the map i don't want like a weekend of bernie's guy just deciding who yeah. my rival is like that's got to come naturally so i don't i don't think a pod would work out but i'd rather play divisions and you know you have a shot down the end and you know you guys have all seen it in sports right you get a championship game anything can happen yeah. right so as long as your team still has that fighting chance and get to that title game you know stranger things have happened
0: yeah i agree with all you said there i think it It adds more to the conference. It it can build some rivalries more organically if you're doing that. And then it is fun when you get to see the other teams in the division because you know, hey, this is the first one time they're coming to Lubbock in the next four years. And so you kind of want to show up for that game more. That's how I always felt when Nebraska came to town. It was really cool to get them in. You knew you were only going to get one shot at them. And once you started finally beating them, it was really cool. But (laughs) the years before that weren't so fun. Um, but any other questions y'all got on Texas Tech or Big Twelve or any parting thoughts on the conference that y'all have for us?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think like I said off the top. We're as a fan base, we're pumped to get over to the Big Twelve and kind of start. It's going to be an interesting year for UCF. Kind of this 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 purgatory season yeah. where we're kind of you know looking forward but having to play in the future. So I think for us, really excited to be to the Big Twelve. Can't wait to either get you all out to Orlando or. If I can con Mike and get in the Lubbock, I looked up that hotel you mentioned, Brooks. It had four stars, so I'll give you that. Uh, so yeah, maybe yeah. that's an option uh, for us down the road. But we're excited to get out there. We're excited to, to meet more fan bases. Glad y'all reached out and, and had us on. You know, I definitely want to do more of this and, and get a chance to meet some of the other other pods, other shows. And when the weeks come up, we play each other, You know, talk a little shit back and forth, maybe a friendly rivalry or something. I think that's, that kind of just keeps things fun and keeps things moving. So really glad you guys had us on.
0: Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I'm. Oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Mike.
2: No, no, I'm just. I'm excited to watch you guys this year. I I haven't really paid much attention to you.
0: Yeah. Not just
2: you, but you know TCU and and Baylor. I don't really keep close track this year. I'm your guys' biggest fan. I hope the Big Twelve teams really show out well against the other conferences and have big years. And then next year, you know, the rivalries begin and it'll be war back and forth. But it'll be a good time. I'm enjoying the time we had with you guys, and I'm sure some of the other Big Twelve conference teams are going to be. Pretty fun to interact
0: with, too. Yeah, I think that's one of the cool things about the Big 12 is, uh, especially with the teams that are remaining, there's some pretty fun fan bases out there that you'll enjoy interacting with. I think Iowa State is one of them. They have a lot of fans that are on Twitter that are pretty funny uh, and are pretty laid back on it. Well, uh, And so there's a lot of fun interacting to be had, some good fan bases that are staying. And with you guys, yeah, we're watching all the new four – uh, newbies coming in next year hoping y'all have good seasons hoping that uh the big 12 teams that are staying are beating up on texas and oklahoma as they get ready to head out so i think it's the one thing that's kind of united these big 12 fan bases is texas and oklahoma ditching on us so we feel more prideful about the teams that are staying and and support them a little more than we would in the past <laughs> yeah. so but, yeah, y'all y'all feel free to reach out to those schools. I know Iowa State has some podcasts, Oklahoma State, Baylor has a few good podcasts that are uh, always out there to try and get to know people. So I uh, hope y'all enjoy getting to know your fellow Big 12 uh, foes coming up. And last little thing here, just go ahead once again, shout out your podcast for everybody. Let them know where to find you. Let our tech fans know uh, where they can – Find you on Twitter or anything like that, so they can start interacting with you. Yeah, guys. anywhere
1: you do social media, if that's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you can find us at Sons of UCF uh suns uvcf youtube channel we have a bunch of videos on there some exclusive interviews with uh, some of the uh the past nights and uh, and some cool stuff on there as well website is twonightsmedia.com. all of our old shows are on there so we do a pod audio pod on tuesday that comes out anywhere you get down, downloadable content and then thursday 8 p.m we do a live show so we're live streaming on on facebook on twitter on youtube so you can check us out there uh stop in pop in the comments again we want to get to know everybody as well so so don't be shy follow us on twitter we'll be happy to follow you back
0: Yeah, guys. Well, once again, appreciate y'all taking the time out of your night to join us and to teach us everything we need to know about the UCF nights. Drop the golden. Appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a good one. All
1: right. Thanks, guys.
0: Well, that will do it for this week's Tailgate Talks episode. Week 90 is in the books. We had a great time with Sons of UCF. Uh, They're really cool guys. Dustin, what did you think about that interview?
3: Yeah, they were really cool, informative. They totally flipped me on uh, Orlando and how UCS kind of on another side of Orlando, not like kind of deep in the heart of it. So you can totally get the college vibe and game day atmosphere and have a really fun time. So I'd be excited to go to Orlando for a trip, check out UCF first Tech game for sure.
0: Yeah, it was one on the uh, top of my list of these new schools. I think it stays the same after that, like definitely – would be a really cool place to go watch a game. Seems like they've got a crazy, fun fan base that would get along with us. Don't want to piss them off on Twitter, we learned. So yeah. tread lightly, tech fans, when dealing with them on Twitter. Um, but who are we kidding? Tech fans don't really know no bounds on Twitter either. So it uh, should be I think an can see
3: a good Twitter rivalry between tech and UCF on Twitter.
0: Yeah, just see some of these people going at each other. It just might never stop, but hey, it'll be good to have. (laughs) It's always good to have some Twitter fan base beef, uh, I guess, as long as it stays, uh, you know, rational. I guess, but, but well, that'll do it for this week. Make sure you are following us on Apple and Spotify. Uh, Also, follow our YouTube channel. We'll be posting that interview for you guys, so you can catch the full interview, see our faces. Uh, see our new friends from ucf as well uh, make sure you're following us on twitter follow us at Telgate underscore talks there we're also on facebook and instagram and that will do it for the tailgate this week guys as always we will catch y'all at the next tailgate